Uh, uh, uh. Talk for me, Jeremy. I'm here. Can you hear me? Well, does it look like I'm speaking? You're very quiet, but actually, you're not massively more quiet than me. Should I, like, get closer? Eat the mic more? Yeah, just eat it. Oh, there you go. That does taste good. <laughs> Welcome to another edition of Did You America? I'm Canfield. He's Jeremy. Uh, before we get into uh, today's stuff, I want to make you aware that if you uh, picked up this podcast from where you normally get podcasts, we are uh, grateful for that. But we have an all-singing, all-dancing website now, which is basically your one-stop shop for everything relating to this show. You can go to didyouamerica.com. And I've got to tell you that uh, we have a, a New York producer who is uh, handling that side of things because uh, technology is not my greatest strong point. Um, I, I, Jeremy and I recalled this in my kitchen and I still can't work my door entry system to my apartment building to be able to buzz him up. Like you call me and I go down five floors to let you in at the front door. That's how bad I am. I broke in today. <laughs> I literally like we tried the coughing again. It didn't work. And like, I was like, you know what? This lady walking her dog's going to let me in. There's nothing she can do And no one, it. no one from the front office said, oh my God, there's a homeless person coming in. They didn't say that? <laughs> no. Well, they might've. I just kind of like put my head down and went straight to the elevator, but immediately got shot at least three dirty ones. And so. someone from the front office said, I think I just saw Walter Becker from Stealing Man. Is he back from the dead? <laughs> it was amazing. <laughs> but yeah, didyouamerica.com is um, where you'll find some uh, some of the stories uh, that we discuss on this podcast. And uh, we're going to have a little system up and running now because our New York producer has uh, built us this uh, wonderful website. So expect a new podcast every Monday and Thursday afternoon this is getting like i've got a job again it's crazy you're getting busy i know so monday and thursday afternoons where we're going to post uh, when we're going to post the new episodes and uh, also on the website you can talk to us as well there is a uh, functional there where you can you can send us a message if you want to type one uh but you can also be on the show if you click on the be on the show icon then uh, however you're uh, streaming us right now just talk at your device we'll get your message and um, maybe we'll uh, we'll put you on the podcast because I, I know when I did have a, a proper job on the radio, uh, people used to like calling in and arguing with me on the phone. And we had some people uh, message uh, after last week's podcast saying, I want to argue with the Brit. I can't believe he's being so goddamn Republican. No, they didn't say that. They would probably think <laughs> Not that. Not our audience. <laughs> um, so uh, if you do want to uh, you want to be on the show, just click be on the show at didyouamerica.com and you can do all of that stuff. All right. Um, you have a good weekend. I did, uh, I did America at the weekend. I went on an art walk. Whoa. Yeah. Where is that at? Well, so... Uh, I moved to a part of Texas called Deep Ellum for the benefit of those people who uh, who aren't uh, listeners from Texas. And Deep Ellum's always been the kind of arty district. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, lots of venues and galleries and lots of murals everywhere. It's where we allow it's where we allow spray painting. Right. And I am one of the a holes that moved into one of the luxury developments in the in in the neighborhood. <laughs> so basically, all of the old school Deep Ellum artists they kind of walk past the, the, there's a few buildings that have gone up and the, the place where we record is is definitely one of them the old school deep people go oh oh 
Look at that. Look at that luxury development spoiling the architecture. We like everything to look like abandoned warehouses around here so we can spray paint the walls. Those people are also homeless. <laughs> Old Deep Elm is just homeless people at this point. Well, if you go like two blocks behind my building, it really is Skid Row. Yeah, for right? sure. It's like the one place you'll see in Dallas where it looks like Austin. It's just homeless people lining the streets. Yeah, yeah. So um, I thought, well, you know, to kind of get down with... Um, the sort of the old school Deep Ellum. I'll go on this art walk because I saw it uh, promoted on uh, Instagram. And um, I, I, I discovered actually they used to do, it, it used to be called a wine walk pre-COVID where you could go from like one arty place to another once a month and they just top up your wine and you could basically get drunk and try and analyze art and stuff like that. Okay. Now I, I should say that um, I'm friends with someone who is an artist and I, I've been to a few exhibitions with him and his takeaway as far as my eye for art is concerned is i only like art that looks like it could be an album cover <laughs> yeah i could see that right we did once go to an exhibition and i was really struggling to spot the artistic merits in some of the things that were uh, in the in the gallery where we were like just it, it, it just didn't make any sense to me and at one point i went i mean what is that? And he said to me, that's a hook waiting for art. There's no art hanging like, <laughs> I don't know. It's like one of those like blank canvases that sell for a million dollars. Like you found the next million dollar piece. Well, this is my first observation. So I, I went wandering around one of the galleries and uh, some of the first bits of art I could, I could see what were good because they were, you know, Texas loves Texas. And there was a lot of uh, pieces that were basically paintings of stuff in Deep Ellum, right? So I, I go, oh, okay, that's the Pecan Lodge uh, restaurant. And uh, there are a few things uh, in Deep Ellum. There's this uh, huge robot. It's a, a thing called the Traveling Man. Um, and they had some you know, pieces of art where I thought, okay, well, that's good. I, I recognize that's the giant robot that's by the freeway entrance and someone's done a painting of that, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And they were retailing for, I don't know, like $150, $250, that kind of thing. Then you go around the corner and you've got bigger pieces that were like smudged bits of paint. <laughs> and these were the things that were retailing for about $1,000. That was it. It was just like some paint thrown on the canvas. Well, my understanding of art is... If it's not obviously a picture of something, then you're meant to look at what it is and there's a message. You're meant to interpret the arts, right? This right. is what my friend who's an artist taught me the few times we went to galleries. And again, he, he said to me, think of it as like getting lyrics to a song that you like and figuring out what the song's about. And I said, I've done that so many times, I'm down with you're this. You're going to be perfect right? in this. So... If I can make out what the picture is, I can maybe interpret what the art is. I start to struggle when someone is trying to sell me a piece of art for $1,000 or more. And before I even analyze what the message is, from what basically looks like smudged paint, I've got to figure out what the picture is to begin with. Yeah, the messages you're getting ripped off. I'm looking at these pieces and I'm going, okay. You know what this looks like? This looks like what my three-year-old nephew does 
on like scrap bits of paper. And I actually took a picture of one of these bits of art. I think it was retailing for like $1,200, right? And I sent it to my sister and I said, if we got Jake, my three-year-old nephew, a blank canvas of this size right. and just got him to smudge some paints like he does, the only difference between what I was looking at on the wall for like $1,200 and what my three-year-old nephew makes is the size of it and what it's presented on. He just smudges paints and like thing and on little bits of paper. If you put it on a blank canvas, I said to my sister, how often does he paint? Do you think he could knock out two of these a week? Because, I mean, we're looking at 100 grand a year. Yeah, don't hate on Jake's art. You might have next Banksy on your hands. <laughs> right, exactly. This kid's going to make some money for the fans. So, you know, I'm wandering around the, uh, the the art exhibitions and I'm sort of like taking all of this in and, and, and I'm thinking like, okay, well, I, you know, this is this. Is this. And, and then they were doing like some live mural painting. And then um, my other thing that I took in from the art walk was uh, the Deep Ellum hasn't been open for quite some time. So, uh, or at least a lot of it hasn't, but it, uh, it's kind of reopened now. And um, I went kind of like off the beaten track a yeah. little bit uh, around the Deep Ellum area and uh, started coming across some bars that I'd never even noticed before. Um, one of which I was just intrigued by because it's the, it looks like a, a, a bar that I wasn't even sure if it was open. It's got no windows, so you can't see what's going on inside, and from the inside you can't see out. So immediately I'm intrigued. Hey, right? that sounds like your type of bar. And it's kind of two separate bars separated by a courtyard, and in the courtyard, this is part of Deep Ellen being artistic, there is a massive mural of Barry Manilow. What? <laughs> what? Of all artists. And I'm Manilow? Like, there's something about this bar, because on the outside of the bar, its its selling point, right, is, and these are the words on the out, that's painted on the outside of the bar, drinks that hit stronger than dad. What? Oh, my God. <laughs> First of all, is Barry Manilow this bar owner's abusive father? <laughs> this guy has some issues. I'm fairly sure that Barry Manilow is not a dad. Um, <laughs> you don't know that. He could be a very abusive father. So we just don't know about it. I'm looking at the. Uh, I'm looking at the. Um, I'm looking at the the mural of Barry Manilow, and I'm thinking, all right, is this some kind of artistic statement here? Because the bar that on the outside says drinks that hit harder than dad, and then the mural in the courtyard is Barry Manilow. Something tells me that if I go in through the courtyard into the bar, which you cannot see the inside of, when you get in there. You're not going to be hearing Copa, 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 right? And then I'm suddenly, and then I'm suddenly thinking, okay, this is art I can get down with because this is a voyage of discovery, right? And then I'm like, but I don't drink anymore. Oh no! And I don't know that as a non-drinker I can go into a bar that's got a sign up that says "drinks that hit harder than dad." Like I don't know that that's the type of bar you can go into and go Diet Coke. Yeah, the Copacabana maybe the the dive bar that just happens to have the abusive Barry Manilow mural. <laughs> Definitely made, not. Made Barry Manilow out to be abusive, I'm, right? You know what? I'm sticking with it. <laughs> I'm mean, like walking in there and going, "Okay, can I?" Um, can I get uh, a Diet Coke and maybe I write the songs on the jukebox <laughs> and see what kind of reaction I get, right? <laughs> so anyway, I, I, 
in my head, I'm standing there and I'm thinking, I wonder what it looks like inside. I wonder what would happen if I ordered a Diet Coke and asked for Barry Manilow on the jukebox. And just, I wonder how juxtaposed the courtyard Barry Manilow mural is from the, from, from the interior. But then I thought, well, I, I, just, I can't go in there. As, so what I'm going to do is I was having brunch the next day with some friends of mine who are drinkers. And I told them about this bar and I said, um, can we go there because you drink? Like, it, I feel like it might be unsafe to go in there anyway. It's certainly unsafe to go in there as like a teetotal person. Right. You need like an alcoholic buffer. Exactly. And uh, they said, yeah, yeah, the best time to do it would probably be about 11 a.m. on a Monday because that's when the best shrinkers hang out in places <laughs> yeah, like that. Of course. And also that it would be uh, very, very Texan. And then the only other thing they said to me was uh, one of them goes, when you were walking past it yesterday, what time was that? So I don't know, I probably finished the art walk about 4 p.m. And he goes, yeah, you know you don't walk past there at night, right? <laughs> and yeah. I said, but it's got Barry Manilow in the courtyard. How bad can it be? I'm telling you, Barry Manilow is an abusive man. <laughs> People get stabbed in that area. And it's all in, all in the name of Manilow. Um, talking of, uh, of, of Texas stuff. So anyway, it was a good artistic experience, yeah. right? I mean, I, I feel like I've taken basically a dive bar that looks so run down, I wasn't even sure it was open. And I, in my head... I've turned it into a piece of art. There you go. Personally, I think all art is bullshit. Unless it's a Greek sculptor of a baby penis, I'm not in. <laughs> that's your preferred type of art? That's the only, it's not preferred. That's the only type of art there is. Right. Oh, yeah. okay, right. Anything else is uh, like your nephew's hand paintings. Right, yeah, but they could go for more than a grand. You're right. I, I mean, even like... Even like the real high class art, like Banksy, for instance, or Andy Street artists, in the end, they're just like spray painting a stencil. Like, uh, show me a beautiful sculpture of a man with a baby dick. Right. Well, if I get my uh, three year old nephew to just do some, some, some paint smudges, we could just tell people if you look at it long enough, you can see the baby dick. <laughs> like, but you have it's to, there. you have, the thing is, it's really little. So you have right. to look at it for an extra long piece of time. Micro penis. Yeah, nice. yeah, 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 yeah. And and if if they don't buy into that, I go, oh, can I interest you in a Barry Manilow mural? We can get some drinks that hit as hard as dad <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> Sounds like a plan. Um, talking of uh, other uh, Texas stuff, there is a, a thing that's out today um, regarding um, people's biggest phobias, right? And the uh, people are basically uh, Googling their greatest fear. Now, what is the term that is everyone's greatest fear? Uh, according to this, most most states, it's... Um, like their phobia? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it was. Um, oh, anthrop anthropophobia? See, that's why I wanted you to say that word, because I wasn't sure how you say anthrop it. Anthropophobia meet philophobia. Right. And basically, that is fear of other people, right? Yes. But people have got that more now because of the uh, the uh, coronavirus. People are very concerned about that. Yeah, people want to stay away from others. However, they've broken it down state by state. And uh, Texas, their biggest fear, the thing they Google the most is outside. <laughs> and I'm wondering if that is outside, as in what's going to happen to me if I go outside on my balcony, 
or Texas people just don't like things from outside of Texas. <laughs> as a as the resident Texan on this podcast, I think I can tell you it's both. I don't like going outside in the sun, nor am I leaving this state. Outsiders be damned. Right. Because I feel like uh, Texans are like, what do you fear the most? People from California? Yeah, people from California moving in. Every time I'm driving, if I see a California license plate, no matter what, I'm like, all this traffic is because of you. I don't care that you're three cars to the right of me going the exact same pace. This is your fault. Right. So when the people from Texas are saying that their biggest fear is outside, it's not the mosquitoes. It's not that the COVID could be airbound. It's literally... Well, we're unsure of people from elsewhere. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We don't want outsiders. We are afraid of the outside. When you, you know what they should do? Um, when you uh, cross the state line and you come into Texas, they should they should hold up one of those T-shirts that says "American till Texas secedes" and just say to the people coming through, "What are your thoughts on this?" Yeah, you you need to like pass a Texas test to get into the state. Right, that can be the barometer as to... Uh, First question, are you Mexican? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, I, I was wondering that, like Texas outside people that are outside, no, it's probably just things from outside of Texas. Yeah. So, uh, you know. I mean, looking at this list, like there are definitely some normal ones on there, like clowns, the dark failure how well do you know your states who is most scared of clowns because jeremy's looking at a map are you asking me yeah was it's a geography question i think it's montana it's one of those states that no one knows what state it right is. okay it's, it's in the it's in the midwest right area yeah 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 the oddest one i think is is new york's afraid of intimacy that's deep they're they're googling some deep Things in New York. Well, you also can't avoid intimacy in New York because even if you've got an apartment, the person above you in the apartment on the if you're on the third floor, the person on the fourth floor is literally sleeping on top of you every night because right. everything's so small. Everything is so crammed in New York. You would think that like they would embrace people more than anyone. Instead, they're like, no, we like people, but we like hating people at very close proximity. <laughs> right. We don't want to get intimate. Well, I always say when I lived in New York, the people there will step uh, over you and on you to get where they need to be going. So there, I guess that's just kind of like, you know, the whole thing in New York is always F you, get out of my way, right? You, you want to hear a real coronavirus plot twist? Sorry to interrupt, but Florida is afraid of germs and viruses. <laughs> that's the thing they're most afraid of. Tell me that makes sense. <laughs> I still like my idea that uh, you can look at uh, germs, viruses, clowns, intimacy, and all of these things that the other states are scared of. And Texas basically says, we aren't bothered about any of those things as long as they don't come from people who are from outside of Texas. Just stay out. That's all we need. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe we can separate Austin because that's not real Texas. Right. No, that's its own state. It's a state within a state, within a country, within a state. Um, we need to talk about Oasis, who have got um, the most streamed song of the 90s. We'll get to that. Also, um, there's some uh, news on the new Bond movie. And uh, Liam Neeson's uh, film came out over the weekend that uh, didn't do quite so well. Um, and we've got a new thing called Song of the Week. If you go to the website that we now have for this show, didyouamerica.com, uh, you can check out our three song suggestions. And on the website, we want you to vote for which song 
is your favorite. So we'll get into that next. All right. Welcome back to Did You America? Camfield here, Jeremy sitting over there. This is our podcast, which we are now intending to deliver to you every Monday and Thursday afternoon. I got fired. Now it's like a, a job I've got back again. Yeah, this is awesome. You know, you're, if anything, you're like more busy now than you were when you had a job. I know. And I only have to move from my sofa to my kitchen table to do this. That's great. I still have a job, yet I'm still able to do this with no problem. It's wonderful. What are you saying? That you're busier than I am? No, like I think I, you would think I should be busier than you are, but I'm just not. <laughs> right. Uh, so uh, if you go to our website, uh, didyouamerica.com, uh, we are going to put a song of the week for you there and give you three options each week. Uh, Jeremy's going to choose one. I'll choose another song. And our New York producer, uh, the man who is uh, behind the making of the website, and uh, the uh, technical side of this show is also going to choose a song each week. I'm going to imagine that the New York producer is just going to come up with the most hipster BS ever because that's what New York people do. You told me about the song. I've yet to meet this producer. I've just heard about him through you. I hate this guy. <laughs> I'm sorry, New York producer. Well, just, we're off to a bad start. You know, New York people are always just so eager to prove that they're really, really edgy. I mean, I said to him on the phone, are you going to choose a song that's basically just like one of one of the many homeless in Manhattan making a noise on a street corner? <laughs> and you're probably going to, you know, because the homeless are taking over Manhattan because they've got that Marxist mayor. Um <laughs> You said we weren't going to be political this oh, week, Jeremy. For we God's sake, you said we weren't going to be political this week. And you just called the New York mayor a Marxist. It I can't believe me. you did that. Um, so, uh, you know, I, so it's been, you know, being overrun with um, with uh, homeless people. I said, are you just going to like take a recording of one of them making a load of noise and then get it posted to uh, Spotify and then choose that? But I think he has actually this week come up with a, um, a an actual song for uh, for Song of the Week. Okay. Um, also, as a side note, by the way, another thing that will be coming to our website pretty soon is we're working on some Did You America merchandise. And again, I spoke to the New York producer about this because he's handling it. And uh, he said, we can't do it just yet because the guy who we sent the design of the T-shirt to hasn't got back to him. And New York producer said, I think that's because the guy might have seen the did you America logo that we've designed, which is basically the word America in red, white, and blue. I mean, emblazoned and has probably gone, Jesus Christ, I'm not making those. <laughs> Wait, what, what's the issue? I thought this was America. Because, because with, I mean, as I said, New York producer is very technical, but you deal with people in New York. He's probably got some Brooklyn vegan who's, who's doing the design of the t-shirts and just doesn't want to see the word America in the American flag colors. Son of a bitch. Anyway. I gotta say, the best thing my parents ever did for me was moving away from New York so I could be born in Texas. Thank you, parents. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So listen, Jeremy, you go first. All right. My song was Thundercat, Black Qualls. It's a... Uh, it's funky. That's all I got to say. Thundercat is the man. He's a bass player, singer, has a real interesting career. He started in the, I guess, metal group Suicidal Tendencies. Oh, okay. Yeah, he was one of the many bass players they've had over he, the years. They did that song, all I wanted was a Pepsi and you wouldn't give me one. That's there it the is. right yeah, institutionalized. Sure. 
So institutionalized. I think so. I don't know a ton of suicidal tendencies. I'm telling you, there's a bit, all I wanted was a Pepsi and you wouldn't. It's a song about someone who ends up institutionalized for a number of reasons. But the moral of the story is, had his parents given him a Pepsi when he wanted one, he would have had a much happier childhood and life. I can totally relate to that. Right. As someone who has murdered over Pepsi many a times. <laughs> so uh, this uh, Thundercat, did he get a Pepsi? He got a Pepsi and then he left suicidal tendencies. Well, there's nothing left to do. He's <laughs> exactly. like, mission, mission accomplished. <laughs> and then he, uh, in the last... In the last few years, he's put out a few solo albums, but he he's very reminiscent of like a new age Bootsy Collins. Okay, that's yeah, good. He's awesome. All right, Thundercat, if you want to vote for Jeremy's Choice, and remember, you can vote at the didyouamerica.com website. Uh, my choice this week is the new one from Royal Blood, uh, duo from uh, England. Uh, they're about to release their third album. The first album made uh, big waves in the States. The second album, not so much. Um, I quite like the second album, but I, I think they definitely uh, came out and really surprised a lot of people with how much two people rocked out on stage with album number one. And maybe the, the second album didn't have quite as much impact. But um, based on this new song from the forthcoming third album, I think they're back on form. Uh, so my pick for this week, Royal Blood and Troubles Coming. All right. Um, and the uh, choice of a uh, New York producer, how did we... Agree, we were gonna say this. Be 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 See, Jeremy's got more of a handle on what New York producer is choosing because he's family from New York, right? I get the lingo. Also, I saw Doobie at the end. I was like, I know what that is. Right? Okay. There's a little bit of Brooklyn vegan in you that would also be disgusted at my America T-shirt emblazoned with the colors. A little bit more pot than anything. Be 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 and the song is called. Together, you can check out the three songs on the website, didyouamerica.com, and we want to get your votes. We thought we'd do a little uh, song of the week battle between uh, Jeremy, New York producer, and myself. So didyouamerica.com for the song of the week. And also, just if you want to uh, interact, you want to leave us a message, uh, click on uh, Be On The Show, and uh, you can talk to us there. Talking of uh, people that sent messages, oh, by the way, you know, last week on the show, uh, I was uh, telling you about um, how sometimes when I've done radio before, it's almost like I've got cosmic power. Yeah. Like I talk about stuff on air and then there's like a strange coincidence and weird stuff happens connected to what I said, right? It's like the FCC has tapped into your microphone. Sort of. Um, last week on the show, we discussed um, how I was, you know, I'm a huge capitalist and I, I'm all for supporting Amazon, but I also like supporting the uh, the independent trader. And I, I told the story of how I'd been following, and I'm still not going to name them because, uh, you know, I, I don't want to talk down about them. Well, at least not by naming them. Um, of a, a record store I was following on Instagram. And um, they were posting all this great stuff. And uh, you could order online or you could actually go to their store. And my uh, huge disappointment that when I drove at least 30 minutes from where I live, I found that their store wasn't so much a store. It was like half a market stall in a market with, 
I don't know, maybe 50 pieces of vinyl. And I, I was expecting a, you know, a decent sized record emporium to be able to flick through loads of vinyl. And I was specifically going there for an Iron Maiden picture disc. And I thought I was going to probably impulse buy a load of other stuff. And I actually left that stall not buying any vinyl, but I bought a Christmas decoration from somewhere else. That's how bad the, the record store was. I went in to get an Iron Maiden picture disc and I came out of that market with a snow globe Santa Claus in a red phone box. I mean, it's not a good look, is it, for that record store? Imagine if they were an actual record store. They'd be making so much money at this point. So anyway, uh, I, I see they post on Instagram over the weekend. They've just expanded and they've put more than 1,000 extra bits of vinyl in their store. I think I made that happen. Cosmic power. Could they be one of the few people who have listened to this podcast already? They're like, oh, that's us. He's talking about us. I just think that already we are a force for good. <laughs> no one else is going to go to the record store that I, I, I still won't name, hoping to get their Iron Maiden picture disc and loads of other stuff and, and just be like, oh, my nan had more records than this. <laughs> you, you know what you just did for the record industry? You By speaking it into existence, you have brought back album sales now. Vinyl's making an even bigger comeback than it already was. No one's going to be streaming anymore after this. <laughs> right. Um, also, um, I want to say hi to uh, Lux and Shaw, who sent me a message on uh, Instagram because we were talking about um, the Dukes of Hazard car which is still sitting on display in my apartment. Um, Jeremy thinks I could, I should probably at least put it in a closet because, you know, famously the Dukes of Hazzard car does have the Confederate flag on the top of it from the TV show. Yeah, you put me now like where I'm sitting in your apartment is directly looking at it. I think you did this on purpose to tempt me. But you can't see the Confederate flag. No, because but I know it's there. Because I've got the model car slanted at such an angle <laughs> that you can just see the car. You can't see the Confederate flag part on the top, which I think makes it still acceptable to display <laughs> in 2020. Um, anyway, uh, Luxon uh, sent me a message uh, regarding us uh, discussing that on one of the podcasts last week. He's got some Dukes of Hazard playing cards. Probably less racist. I can't <laughs> see. I can't see anything Confederate on the box. And he sent me a picture of it. You know, there's a Confederate flag on the back of every single one of those. <laughs> oh, cards. I didn't think of that. That pack has 52 <laughs> Confederate flags in there. <laughs> what else would they put on the back? That, they're not going to put the O1. They're going to put the Confederate flag. <laughs> Um, and also, um, uh, I can't remember the name of the guy. I apologize because I didn't copy this over to my notes. Um, but because we were discussing Funkos last week, someone did send um, a, uh, a nice mock-up of me as my own Funko, Whoa. which was very nice. Can you, can you get that made? Like, I, can, does Funko do personalized Funkos? I didn't even know that you could... Um, on a computer make a Funko design. <laughs> but then I'm also the person that doesn't know how to use my door entry system in my right. apartment to buzz you in. You haven't so. quite learned about Photoshop yet, huh? No, 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 no. I mean, I'm like, photo, where's the camera? Right, you're like, I'm a, you're more of a Microsoft Paint type of guy. I'm one of those people that goes, do you know what? I ran into someone in Starbucks last week and they said to me, that you can take pictures on a phone. What? And I said, you think I'm some sort of idiot? Pictures <laughs> on a phone? 
Yes, they did. <laughs> um, so uh, I'll probably put that on my uh, uh, social media. Uh, maybe we'll get it on the website as well because um, I can't remember uh, the persons who, who sent that in. But yeah, we did get a, uh, a Funko of uh, of me. So that was all good. And this is all before we had an all singing or dancing website from our New York producer where you can actually correspond with the show should you wish to type us a message or be on the show. Just uh, go to digiamerica.com, click on be on the show, and then however you are consuming this via our website, uh, just talk at that device, and then you can talk at us, basically. It's good, isn't it? Yeah, I like it. This Probably this website might be the one the one thing bringing our New York producer uh, into a positive field for me. The, the New York thing, the song choice started off on a negative, but looking at the website, I'm, uh, I'm starting to ease into him. Done a good job on the website. Let's see if he can get the Brooklyn Vegan to make us the America t-shirts first. And I want to make sure that that red, white, and blue is blinding, <laughs> right? I want, I want people, all those, all, those, all those socialists that live in New York, I want them to have to put on shades when they look at our Did You America in the red, white, and blue colors t-shirt. That's what I want. Ooh. I want them to have to wear shades while they're tripping over homeless that are now overrunning their streets because they've got a Marxist mayor. You're so Jerry, I told you no politics this week. You're literally about to Howard Dean Pia on this. <laughs> You're about to say, oh, we're going to Kansas, oh, we're going to California, oh, we're going to New Mexico. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah, so Oasis, while we're talking about music, um, Wonderwall is now the first song to reach one billion streams on Spotify, the first song from the 90s. That's uh, that's impressive, I'd say. It wouldn't have been my first guess. Mm-hmm. I probably would have said, I'm too sexy. That would have been my choice for first. Are you just using are you just using British bands now? <laughs> I'm kind of let's unpack how your mind went from Oasis to Right Said Fred. I was just like, what's the worst song from the '90s? And it, Wonderwall was first, but coming at second was uh, uh, Right Said Fred. Yeah. Can you imagine the Gallagher Brothers if that was the other way around? Wonderwall was <laughs> almost. The song, the first song to reach a billion streams from the 90s, but it just got pipped to the post by I'm Too Sexy by Right Said Fred. <laughs> Which is the crazy one? Uh, one of the Gallagher's? Yeah. Was um, it Noel? No, Liam. Liam's crazy. Well, he's Liam's stupid. <laughs> well, no, no, Shots but, fired, Liam. No, I was just calling you an idiot. <laughs> Noel basically, here's my thing with Oasis, right? Because there was a big thing that the album that, but first of all, Wonderwall, right, is 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 a very, is a great Oasis song. Is it their best song? Probably not, but I guess it's it's very anthemic. A lot of people like it, right? Right. Um, and it's it's almost brilliant in its simplicity. The chord structure on an acoustic guitar is so straightforward. It's a song that if you've been playing guitar for like three days, you can probably play that. But that you know that's why it works. I know a lot of people have tried to analyze what the words mean. Noel Gallagher, who wrote them, will tell you that they mean absolutely nothing. The <laughs> the most profound thing about the song Wonderwall is that Noel sat on a wall to record his bits, right? right yeah. Um, and, and it comes from the What's the Story Morning Glory album, which was, I guess it was its 25th anniversary. There was a bunch of stuff in the, in the last month on, on YouTube uh, celebrating, you know, its big anniversary. Right. And Oasis... Huge in the UK. They're one of those bands that Americans 
who are who bitch and moan about certain British outfits that should have been bigger in the States. Americans often point to Oasis, right? Yeah. And my here's my issue with Oasis. The first album's definitely maybe that's great. Second album is What's the Story Morning Glory. That's got Wonderwall, Don't Look Back in Anger, Champagne Supernova on it, right? They're two great albums, right? Okay. Everything since then. Oh God. <laughs> I'm about to say something controversial. Oh, no. Hold on, I gotta get my cancel button now. If you took the best songs from every Oasis album, from the third album onwards, from that collection of songs, you could get a decent album, but it still wouldn't be anywhere near as good as their first two albums. Yeah, I think most people would agree with that. Even though they don't want to and they want to be all like, obscure and act like they know everything about Oasis. If you're in this country, all you know are those first two albums. Right. And also, I know that they 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 came back since, but around What's the Story Morning Glory, they were so huge in the UK. They were headlining Nebworth, which is like where Led Zeppelin used to play. Like right. it's an outdoor venue, probably like I think even more than 80,000 people, like 80,000 people at the at the least. Um, and so America was kind of poised for them, but they are so lazy and typically like Brits had no work ethic that the Gallagher brothers came over to America and were like, well, well, in the UK, we're playing Nebworth to 80,000 people. And here we've got to play clubs. And basically they, they played a bunch of shows with a band called the Manic Street Preachers on this tour back in the nineties for about a week. And then just went, Oh, uh, we can't be bothered with this. We're going to go back home because we're not liked <laughs> as much. So, and of course, America that had an appetite for them was a little bit upset that Oasis just pulled the tour after about a week. It's pretty impressive. And I would say very British to able to, you, you basically pissed off an entire continent in five days. <laughs> that is extremely British. And once you do that to America, as we saw in 1776, <laughs> no forgiveness here, sir. <laughs> You don't like us, you can get out. So my thing with Oasis is, you know, they carried on, and I guess they did come back to America after that, and they and they did shows, and they basically put out a bunch of very average albums that, as I said, if you took the best songs from them, you could create probably one decent album after that. Um, and now there's this thing where Noel Gallagher's solo and Liam Gallagher's solo, uh, because they hate one another, and people want them to get back together as Oasis, because they think that the brothers separately are a pale imitation of Oasis. I'm about to say something else controversial. From Be Here Now, album number three onwards, Oasis were a pale imitation of Oasis. <laughs> so I don't think it makes any difference, except that if the brothers are doing their Oasis not quite as good facsimile version, you're getting twice as much music. Honestly, I think once... Uh once the Black Crows reunited earlier, what was it, in 2019? Mm -hmm. Oasis was like, immediately people started looking towards them. Like, all right, well, when are you guys going to get back together for the money? And that's the one, you know, I'm not a big Oasis fan. I never really understood it. But that's the one thing I've always loved about them is they're just like, ah, oh, fuck your billion dollars. I hate my brother. <laughs> like, just a refusal to do anything with your brother. Right, 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 right. But I also think it's one of those things where 
the interest never really dies down. So it's one of those situations where the longer they don't do it, the bigger the offer. And so as much as Noel is the one that says there ain't enough money to pay me to make me do this, there definitely is. We, right. we, he just hasn't had that offer yet, you know? I mean, Axl Rose got the offer. The Robinson brothers got the offer. I'm sure Oasis has at least had a offer. It might not be the offer, but they've definitely had an offer. Also, uh, uh, Axl Rose is a, a very intriguing one because not only did the kind of core of Guns N' Roses get back together and, you know, tour very successfully for about four years, and they probably still would be playing now if, if tours could, could still happen, but Axl Rose is like a changed man. No tantrums, prompt stage times, good performances. It's like It's like... After, what, 20 years of not being with the core members and, right. and kind of d doing whatever and just kind of like almost really tarnishing the name of Guns N' Roses. It's like after 20 years of doing that, suddenly he got a new voice, a new attitude, and definitely a new watch. <laughs> well, he also like, it wasn't just Guns N' Roses. He also took over for Brian Johnson for a little bit. Like he succeeded with two bands after being irrelevantly horrible for the last 20 years, yeah. 30 years. Yeah. Wow. I mean, everyone, he made one of the most anticipated albums of all time, Chinese Democracy, into one of the worst albums of all right. time. I mean, that, and that, now all of a sudden he's just like, he's back to being Axl Rose. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes from ACDC, most of the time from Guns N' Roses. <laughs> right. But the key thing is always on time and performing to a consistently high standard. He, he I'm pretty sure at one point during one of the tours, he like broke his leg. Because I remember seeing like pictures of him performing with like, in a chair. Yeah. Like, he, he would not give up. That's not the Axl Rose I know. The Axl Rose I know not only gave up, but just buried his head into a pile of cocaine <laughs> to get over that leg pain. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's definitely, definitely a changed man. Uh, before we go this week, Oasis did well. Liam Neeson, um, not so good at the box office. Uh, what were the uh, the figures out today? Liam Neeson's basically uh, released a, a new movie. It was 3.7 million. For uh, the movie that's called... Honesty. Thief. Honesty. Now, a few things with this. Has Liam Neeson's movie not made a lot of money because we're not going to movie theaters? Because, I mean, I'm one of these people who like wears a mask and takes precautions, but wants to kind of get out there and get as, as back to normal as possible. But there is, I, I, and I do love an American movie theater. I love your massive Diet Cokes and I love your buckets full of popcorn with like popcorn so big you need a seat just to put the bucket of popcorn oh, yeah. on it. That's very much one of my favorite American experiences. But I also think those rooms, I mean, they're just pitch black. You don't know what you're sitting in in the best of times. So now yeah. with the COVID, so I'm thinking, you know, maybe people don't want to go to movie theaters. That could be one thing. The second thing could be, He's kind of playing the character from Taken, but I think this movie is not close enough to Taken because he, he had this thing of basically making movies that were Taken, but in a different name, right? <laughs> right, different name, different like field. This one's like Winter Taken. Right, yeah, he did like, there was one, uh, I forget the names of them, but there was one that was basically Taken on a plane and then he did Taken on a train 
And then he did uh, it, the, the one that was called Cold Pursuit was taken on a snowplow, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and I think, like, I mean, I went to see that movie and it was ridiculous and it literally was taken on a snowplow. So maybe this time they went, play the similar kind of character, but we can't make it basically like a Taken movie. And people went, oh, no, no, I'm not into it. Yeah, it has to be Taken. Yeah. We only want Taken. His next film will probably be a Taken version of Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. We'll just do the John Candy role. <laughs> right, yeah. I mean, any, anything that you can, like, make the make it as close as possible, right? right? You know? Something we can put in the high-speed chase and you beating people up. Go! Yeah, exactly. I think there's too much... I mean, like, Honest Thief sounds a bit weak, doesn't no, it? No, that's you know? not okay. Even in the picture they have here on The Hollywood Reporter, like... He's in a car. It doesn't look like a fast car. It looks like his phone's doing GPS. He's casually getting to the destination. Also, I believe the plot is that he was a guy who used to do bank jobs and he wants to get away from that line of work. That's not what people want from Liam Neeson. They want him to start being a calm old man who then has to go back to employee special set of skills <laughs> to go and save someone. Right, right. right? We want bank jobs to hand jobs, not hand jobs to bank jobs. Hmm. Yeah, think about that one. Because, you know, the, the bank job is the intense act, and the hand job is the, the glory, you know, the sitting back, the relax. You got to do the bank job to get to the hand job. If you start with the hand job, though, and you go to the bank job, then you're at taken. I think we might have to sign off with that thought. That's a lot for people <laughs> to, uh, to uh, unpack that one, folks. Unpack. And uh, if you have any thoughts on that, don't forget, you can uh, go to our website, didyouamerica.com, and um, you can leave us a message. Yeah, I'll well, be you, talk my bad. If you would like to discuss hand jobs, bank jobs, um, and have we really got over when Liam Neeson did promotion for that Cold Pursuit movie and said, I just wanted to kill the black bastard. That <laughs> might be the problem. I know, I know no one wants to bring that up, but there were, there, and, and, and I'm sure he was taken out of context, but you remember when he was doing that, the promotion for that movie? And the worst thing was the woman, who, I think it was the woman who was interviewing him kind of gave him the chance to go, I think you sort of spoke out of turn there. And then he doubled down oh, on it. No. He, that was his attempt at a new Taken movie. It was taken out of context. <laughs> All right. Um, I think we did, America. As I say, uh, you can uh, speak to us, literally speak to us by clicking on be on the show. Or if you just want to send us a message because you don't like the sound of your own voice, you can do that as well. Uh, vote for our songs of the week as well. Didyouamerica.com is where you can go to for all that stuff. And um, we'll be back on uh, Thursday afternoon with a new episode. Well, our special guest will be Liam Neeson, and I'll be asking, how did you become so unpopular? Was it racism? <laughs> it was.